share to us what God's got on your heart. Appreciate you. I hope this microphone can got a pretty good radius. I don't stand in one spot like Josh. I don't know. I don't know how he does it. I can't. I can't do that. But. Honor to be here, and it's it's amazing to me to come in and and listen to the Sunday school message and hear what you guys have been talking about it with faith and and to know what the Lord's laid on my heart. I love it when the Lord orchestrates a service. I love it. It's amazing to me every time, even though I I know that God is fully capable of doing that, it amazes me all the time. Book of Mark is where we're going to be today in the 11th, uh, the 11th chapter. Let me change gears back on you again. Matthew, it's the same street, just a different house. The book of Matthew. The book of Matthew. Walking on the water. Very familiar passage of scripture. Matthew chapter 14. Very familiar familiar story. I'm sure that I'm sure that Brother Josh has preached on that a time or two. And we've all heard it. We've all heard messages and, and, and preachers preach and, and zero in on different uh, instances, different spots in this story. But I hope and pray, and I know that the Lord is going to use where we're going to stop today to speak to somebody and help somebody. Matthew chapter number 14, beginning in verse number 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But when the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Lord, we thank you so much. For this time to be together this morning, for this time to look into your word to see what you have for us today. I pray that the words and the thoughts that happen here in this place and this morning praise you and worship you for the most perfect and holy and gracious God that you are. We love you and we thank you. Bless our time together. Protect us while we worship. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You look back on this story, and if you notice, we stop in the middle of the verse right before the good part. 
right before the good part. That's okay. We'll get there in just a few moments. There's some things in this passage of Scripture that we must understand. And in any passage of Scripture, anytime you sit down to study something, you must know the facts. Any decision in life that you make, you've got to know what are the facts. What's the truth right here? What's going on right here? Jesus just fed the 5,000. They've just seen what he done with the fish and the bread. And, and they know that, that hey, this guy really is God. He's, he, this guy's serious. You want to speak to a group of people? Fix them something to eat. That'll tell you a lot about what's going on. Women, you want to show your husband when, when, when you got married. I don't know if, if some of you have been married longer than me and some of them a little less than me, but, but the, the first time that, that you make a meal for your husband or the first time you, you grow up and, and you, you, you're able to cook and the first thing that I cooked when I grew up and mom let me cook was hot dogs and I was so proud of them hot dogs. <laughs> you say, how do you mess up hot dogs? It's possible I've ate a couple. That's right. <laughs> but you feed them. Christ got their attention. That's Christ got the attention of the disciples that he was with. They were all on board. Jesus said, get in the boat, go across the water. He constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go into the other side. They believed him. They had the faith at that point in time to get in that boat, take off. Another fact you've got to remember in this story. The disciples here in this group of men, there were some professional Boat operators. That's what they did. They knew what they were doing. I can't imagine this was a very small boat. I've been blessed. I have uh, an 18-foot center console boat that, that I have, and you ain't putting 12 grown men on this boat. I've seen some pretty good-sized pontoons. You're not going to put 12 grown that just got done eating so they're full men on this boat. This was a pretty good sized boat. Sent them out, sent them across the water. Jesus went into a mountain apart to pray and when the evening was come, he was there alone. Now a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers, they'll stop right there and explain and, and, and meditate on and preach on how important it is to, that when God does something that you need to get by yourself and spend some time with the Lord and reflect on what he done. I've preached right there before, but we're going to keep going. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea and tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. You know what foreshadowing is? If you're reading in the story, and, and the author of the storyteller starts giving little bits and pieces of what's fixing to come down the road, that's foreshadowing. Anytime that the Word of God says something, it's important because it has a meaning. If Matthew took the time in, in, in this passage of Scripture to point out that the wind was a little, that's important. You've got to keep that in mind. A lot of times you think of contrary as a young'un or a hateful, unreal old man, just a contrary old man. 
I've been a young and I've acted like a contrary old man in my life. So I understand this. Not favorable conditions. I know with being on the boat, with, with spending time with my grandfather and, and back in the summer we had, we had something happen to us and that's not important, it's in the past and, and maybe one day I'll share that with you. But it's important to pay attention to what the weather's doing. How rough the water is. Now you get out in a big ship and you take three foot waves and they're just going right through it. Bust through them waves, cut them waves. It's not going to bother them. You can't rock a cruise ship with three foot waves that big. But you take my center console and you put it in three foot waves. Hope you took some Dramamine. That's all I'm going to say. Because it's going to be rough. It's going to be bad. The wind was contrary. Remember that. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into them walking on the sea. It was late in the night. These men were tired. They're full. You get a full man that, that, that's eat. Thanksgiving. I hope y'all had a good Thanksgiving. I sinned on Thanksgiving. The Lord knows it. Now y'all know it. I ate too much. Wasn't real hard for me to go sleep that night. I was full. These men are full. It's in the late watch. It's, it's, it's late. They're tired. The wind's blowing a little bit. Jesus is setting this up for something to happen. All these puzzle pieces are coming together so something big can happen. What's happening in the world right now? The Lord is working everything in the world together. All these gears are coming together because something is fixing to happen. But it's not yet. But it's going to. When the disciples saw him, Walking on the sea, they were troubled and said it's a spirit and they cried out for fear. At this point in time in history, I don't believe Thomas Edison figured out the light bulb yet. Don't think he's figured it out. In fact, I'm pretty sure. There's no electricity. All you got are candles and, and, and oil burned to see I've been on the water when the wind was contrary I've been on the water when it's pouring rain and storming and mamaw's fussing at papa we need to go we've got to go and me and papa are saying no we're catching fish and mamaw's saying I'm telling you get me to the truck I've been in those situations <laughs> not in the dark it's dark these men I guarantee you can't see from here to that pole right out there across the road But somehow, they saw something coming toward them. And what happened? The same thing that happens if I'm on my boat and somebody comes walking towards me and they're not on the land. I'm going to flip out just a lot. I'm just going to tell you. I'm, it's going, I'm going to flip out. They didn't know who it was. 
Jesus went up on the mountain and he prayed and he spent time with the Father and he knew exactly when he needed to be walking across the water. In his perfect timing, he knew. You say, how does God do that? Accept him as your Lord and Savior when you get to heaven and you ask him. Jesus knew exactly where he needed to be at the exact right time. And some pastors will stop right there and preachers, they'll preach on that. The Lord knows where you're at and he knows the struggles you're in and he'll always be right there. But that's not where we're going to stop. We're going to keep this a little bit further. If you'll hang with me, we will get there, but it's important that we fully understand what's going on. Straightway Jesus spoke unto them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Calmed them down. Did, did you read any here? Did you, did you hear me say anything after verse 24 when the Bible said that the wind was contrary, that, that it said that the wind stopped? No, it's still blowing. The, the water's still rough. This, this, the world is still happening around them while the disciples in Christ are having this dialogue, this interaction. The world is still happening. As long as the Lord tarries, we'll meet in this place and have church. The world is still going to happen. In this country, other people are going to make decisions that affect us. People that, people that I'm sure have no idea the struggles that you and I go through. Guarantee it. They don't know. But they're still going to make decisions that affect us. The world is still going to turn and things are still going to happen to line up for God to do something big. It's still going to happen. So the storm's still going. It's still the waves and the wind and everything, all that's still going. Jesus said, be of good cheer as I be not afraid. So at that point in time, Christ announced his, 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 his presence there. He calmed them down. He said, it's me. Guys, it's just me. Peter. Every time I think of Peter and all that he'd done, I just want to smile and shake my head. Because he'd get it and then he'd forget it. And then he'd get it and then he'd forget it. And then he'd get it and then he'd forget it. And then he'd get it and then he denied him. It was like this with Peter all the time. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee in the water. Wow. Wow. If my memory serves me correctly, I don't remember... Another time in, in, in all of the Bible where somebody dealing with the Lord said, I want to do exactly what you're doing. None of, the, none of the disciples prayed and said, Lord, let me raise Lazarus' buddy that might be dead. But Peter said, made his mind up within him. I want to do what the Lord's doing. 
I'm going to put my faith in God and ask of him something. Walking on the water. I also do not know if I'm wrong, correct me, but I also do not know of somebody other than Peter and Christ that walked on the water. The only human being, the only full human being to walk on the water, and it was Peter. I would like to think that if that, if that was me, I'd have come out of that boat high-stepping the top of them waves and I'd have got over to where he was because I know who I am. I want to be safe. I want to be in a safe place. And if Christ is over there and he's standing up and he's walking, I've got to get over there because he knows something I don't know. What did Jesus say? Jesus answered his prayer. A lot of pastors and preachers will stop right there and, and preach that if you truly have the faith to ask and believe what you ask God to do, he'll do it and he'll answer your prayer. But we're not going to stop right there. We're almost there. We're almost there. Peter got out of the boat and he starts toward Jesus. What is still happening? You can answer out loud. What's still going on? The wind and the storm. That's still going on. The world is still happening. All this stuff is still happening. Christ came and he calmed the situation down. He calmed the men. Peter prayed. Christ answered his prayer. Now Peter's walking towards Christ. All this is still happening. And the storm is still wide open. Despite the storm that we're in the middle of right now in this world. Don't sell yourself short in believing and having faith in what God can do for our future. In the middle of the storm, he, kept, he, he had the faith and he prayed and God answered his prayer. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. We're there. Right here's we're gonna take we're gonna take this point in time, this verse right here, and we're gonna look at it for just a few minutes. He came down out of the ship and he started toward Christ and he saw what was happening around him. And he dwelled on what was happening around him. situation that he had. <laughs> Moses did focus on that. Moses did focus and he brought it up before the Lord at the burning bush. His physical um, we'll call them in, well, inabilities. His physical inabilities is the right word. 
what happened? The Lord answered his prayer and he said, I'll tell you what to say. But right now, Peter is focusing on the storm and he, and, and he starts looking around and you realize the wind's still blowing. Waves are still rough. How easy is it to have a good service on Sunday morning, Sunday night? You pray. You keep coming to church. You keep coming to church. And, and then the Lord answers that prayer. And you start paying attention to the You know what my biggest prayer right now is in my life? That my youngest son will come. I don't have to pray that, that the Lord's will is going to be done because I've experienced in my life the Lord's will will be done. And he, I, can, I can choose to be a part of that or not. But the trumpet is going to sound the Lord is going to come. And it's going to be over. All these other things are going to happen. That's my biggest prayer right now. Lord, save my children if He chooses to perish. But it's extremely difficult as they start. Brian, he's been walking. He's starting to talk. He's starting to learn things. And to know what's He going to take a hold of? What in this world is He going to take a hold of? going to be Christ and the Word of God? That's right. Or is it going to be something else? <laughs> you'll understand this in a couple of years. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Peter took his eyes off Christ and he put his eyes on the storm and, and what was happening in the world around him. <laughs> Did you ever think growing up that you'd see this country in the place that it is right now? No. No. That's ridiculous. Sure. I feel like not in just this country, but in the whole world, all somebody's got to do is say one cross word to somebody else, and the whole world is shooting at each other. And it ain't like it was in World War II with, with limited technology, and we got to figure it out. You can sit right here on this seat right here and hit a button and hit a, a bomb in Zimbabwe and, not even, and keep watching TV. It ain't the back no more. It's right here. If I get to focusing on that, it scares the far out of me. You know what else scares me? Scares me to know what I'll be and what I'll be doing. What will be taking place when your trumpet sounds? You say, Austin, you're a preacher. You're supposed to. You're supposed to hold fast, and you're supposed to have the faith, and you're supposed to do all this. Yeah. But all the saved people are supposed to be in church this morning because the Word of God says, "Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together." What's going to happen? What in the world is going to be going on? <clears throat> he saw the wind was boisterous. 
he was afraid. And what? He began to sink. Now, all my life, I've always thought that, that maybe Peter was walking, and as he, he walked and he looked around, he's still walking, he's going down. But if Peter's anything like me, I don't sink slow. If I'm sinking, my big self, I'm gone. In a blink of an eye, I'm, I'm the out of sight. I know it because I've done it. Peter began to sink. Now when you... And he had time. What, what blows my mind? He was afraid, beginning to sink, and he cried unto the Lord, saying, Lord, save me. In Peter's brain, in the matter of a fraction of a second, a couple of things had to happen. Number one, some of those receptors in his brain had to go, something ain't right. Something's messed up. You've seen TV shows where, where it shows all these army ships and something happens and all these lights and buzzers and all these, all these things are going off. That's happening in his brain right now. Next, number two, what are we going to do about it? Peter knew there wasn't a thing in the world that he could do about his situation. You say, how do you know that? Because he cried out to the Lord, say We're talking in a, in a fraction of a second. All this happens. Now we can look back on this story and we can slow this down and we can dissect this and we can spend weeks taking this story apart and diving into it. We don't have that. This thing's been up here running for just a few minutes now and we don't have time for that today. But let's take this just for a moment and take this story and open it up and place it in our life right now. Slowly but surely in this world, things are happening slowly. Things that I don't know about, things that I don't understand, and I'm sure there are things you don't know, you don't understand, but the Lord is working them together for Him to return and take us home and we don't have to put up this mess no more. Things are happening in this country. Things are happening over in Israel. Very slowly things are happening. And you know the advantage that we have that Peter didn't have? Bam, right here. The Word of God. We have this to look back on. We have the knowledge of knowing that the Lord is coming and, and, and the book of Revelations between that and Thessalonians and, and other places in the Word of God tells us what's going to happen when the Lord comes back. Okay? At this point in time in Peter's life, they didn't have that. We do. In the fraction of a second... Peter realized something was going on that he couldn't do anything about it and that if anything was going to happen, the Lord had to do it. Right. Who are you reaching for in your life today? Right. What if Peter would have just 
went back and relied on, well, I know how to swim, and I've always swam like this, so why don't I just start swimming? This is the way I've always done it, so let's just do it like this. Let me teach you a lesson. I was taught growing up and in the motor safety classes and all that, that if I've got to swim somewhere, I better be able to pitch a rock and hit where I'm going. You say, well, that's not very athletic of you. I'm not a very athletic looking man. In the midst of the sea. What happened to, the, to somebody else that was in the midst of, of the sea on a boat and then he hit the water? A fish ate him. What if a fish would have eaten Peter? Because he wanted to do the way he'd always done it. I've always swam like this. I've always saved myself like this. Let's just do it like this. He could have checked Jonah's mail for all I know in his mailbox. He had the fish's belly. Couldn't mm -hmm. do He turned exactly where he needed to turn. So a lot of people stop right here and they'll put Peter down and they'll say, oh, Peter should have had the faith. He never should have looked away from God. He should have just kept his eyes on the Lord and should have just kept on going and not oh, Peter this and all. And for just a second, he deserves just a little bit of that. But look at all we've got to learn That gives us no license to say, well, I'm just going to take my eyes off God for a minute and give somebody else something to learn. It don't work like that. What if you take your eyes off God for a second and you're, and you're, you're sinking and the Lord comes back and instead of being faithful and, and looking to the Lord where you know you're supposed to be, you're over here sinking so somebody can learn a lesson and the Lord comes back and you're waist deep in the water and here's God and you're looking at him and you're like we know better Christians today know better this is a side note I've always wondered when the Lord comes back and I believe he's got the ability to look at all of creation and know individually what everybody's doing and what's in our heart I believe that all my heart When the Lord steps out on the cloud after the trumpet sound, and we turn and look, what are we going to be doing? Something you'll learn in a couple of years. You'll tell Riley not to do something. He'll go to do it. And you'll walk in, and you'll catch him doing it, and you'll get this. You'll get. He knows he's in the wrong. Is that going to be you? That's a side note. Won't charge you for that in free charge. You can have that. Just keep that in mind. I've always wondered. Back to Peter. And he cried out in the Lord, save me. I fell in a swim pool one time. To illustrate verse 31, I fell in a swim pool one time and here we go back to the way I'm built. I don't fall gracefully. I don't 
sink gracefully. I'm when I fell in the pool. What do you do when you fall? You throw your hands up, and I can't do it in this coat jacket because I've got to keep it. But you throw you you throw your hands up, and you reach for something. What does the Word of God say? Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand. The Bible doesn't say how close Peter and Jesus were. He could have been right here. Peter could have been back there. He could have got a few steps out of the boat and first couple of steps said wow look at me I'm walking on the water and then looked around and then but he began to sing he cried out for the Lord and Christ called him would Jesus have reached forth his hand immediately if Peter had not cried out for him y'all ever think about things like that or is my mind just and it don't happen because my mind does things like that. It was instinct for Peter to cry out to the Lord. Is that yours? Heard Billy Graham talking on the radio, and we've got this satellite radio in the truck because nothing's on on regular radio that you get for free so my crazy mind thinks well, we'll just pay for it and surely we can find something well we've got like three channels out of I don't know how many is in that truck I've been listening to Billy Graham and he was talking this morning about how that that when things go wrong Christians not only Christians but 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 unbelievers will turn back to to what's had them money drugs sex all these things. And they resort back to that when things go wrong. Yeah. What if Peter would have said, this is the way we've always done it. So this is how I'm going to do it. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and he caught him. O thou of little faith, Wherefore didst thou doubt? Wow. Wow. A lot of people study this and preach this and they'll say that, that the Lord is fussing at Peter and he is. But you know what? You know what that verse says to me, to Austin Brigman this morning? That verse tell me that I have no excuse to take my eyes off fun. Sure. None. No excuse that I can come up with. No reason of anything that could happen for me to take my eyes off God. Sure. You say, why do you say that? Because I know what he's done in my life. I know what he's done in my family. I've seen God move. I've felt it. I've witnessed it. 
Peter had Christ. He had. Those other 12 men, they had him. They could reach out and they could touch him. They could feel him. But they didn't have the word God. You and I cannot possibly reach out and touch a person that needs to see. Sure. young person growing up as a church? Are you looking forward and keeping your eyes on what the Lord is going to do? Or are we back here looking at the world and saying we're just going to go back to the way we've always done it? I can answer that question for you. And if you want to be truthful in front of God, all of us have done it. We talked about the facts of the story. The fear that Peter had. He was afraid. But the faith that he had to turn back and to know that the only person that could help him, that could save him, was Jesus Christ. What's still going on? Don't forget. The waves are still going and, and the wind's still blowing. Don't forget all this happens. I never saw this verse until I was studying this. You say, Austin, you've read over it hundreds of times, and I have, but listen to what it said. And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Just because you're you're there with the Lord and He's answered your prayer and He saved you and He's pulled you out of a pit doesn't mean that the world is going to stop. Doesn't mean that that the storm is going to settle around you. It kept going. And the storm kept going from from the time that that, that Christ reached down and saved Peter till they walked back to the boat. It had been easy for the Lord to calm the water and for scaredy pants Peter to let him walk back to the boat on nice calm water and hold his hand and say, it's going to be all right, I'll get you back in the boat. But he let the storm continue. The lessons I have learned the most in my life and hold on to the closest of the lessons that I learned when times were the roughest. In times where I wanted to give it all up and quit. And do like Jonah, get on my boat, go fishing. Because that's where I want to be. When things get hard at work, I want to get on my boat and I want to go fishing. They can't nobody tell me about social distancing or all this hoopla or all this jazz or all these things. 
that everybody's telling us that we got to do or you got to come to work or you got to pay taxes or you got to do all this. When I'm on my boat fishing, I'm the boss, I'm in charge. Leave me alone. But when things get the roughest in your life, don't look for a way out. Look for a way up. Look for a way up. And when they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Time after time after time after time. Christ showed the disciples exactly who he was. Of a truth thou art the Son of God. Do you know how many times in your life that the Lord will show you who he is? As many as you ask. But let me caution you. Be ready for the answer. Be ready for the reply. It took faith for Peter to get out of the boat. In a perfect world, Peter never loses the faith. But how many Peters are sitting in this room right now that have lost the faith more than once? I have. It's easy to do. when you take your eyes off don't let the world scare you sure. don't let all this that's going on in the world right now scare you because it can let me read you a verse of scripture I can quote it but I'm not going to I'm going to read it to you and I want you to listen. I want everybody to close your eyes, take a deep breath, and listen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, open your eyes and look around. We've never seen Christ to reach out and touch him. I never have. But I have to have faith to know that he's real. He's already done enough in my life to prove to me that, that, that his word is true, that it'll never steer us wrong. But from now till he comes, till the trumpet sounds, Stay faithful. It's worth it. As a Christian, as a couple, as a church, do life, do things that show you faithful. If you read on that next verse, it basically says this. The elders, because of their faith, gained a good report. They got their own section in that chapter. You say, well, who all's in that chapter? Read it. Yeah. 
Read it. And then go back and look what each one of those men and women done to get them in that chapter. Faithful. I just knew that early in my life that when the Lord opened the book of life and he seen my name under there that it would be under the section of nuisance. Because Austin can be a hard one to keep a hold of. My life will tell you that. But from now until the Lord comes back, it may be today, it may be tomorrow, it may be next year, none of us may see it. We may go home without having But you have the choice in your free will of life that when the Lord comes back, when you see him face to face, that you be found faithful. Amen. Amen. Peter did deny Christ. And he had an answer for that. Facebook, social media, the news, internet, whatever. Say faithful. Let's stand for prayer this morning. Just a few minutes, Brother Josh is going to come and close the service, but right now, look at your life. Look at your life and see how faithful you are right now. You may say, Preacher, I'm in church. I think I'm doing pretty good. But the life of a Christian goes past a church building. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for loving us. And I thank you for the opportunities that you give. One right after the other for us to be found faithful. Lord, I know that the world is going is to happen around us. And until you come back and the trumpet sounds and you step out and you take us home, the world is going to continue to spin and things are going to continue to happen. And Lord, I know. I know that I'm not perfect. And I know that I'm going to miss the mark. But Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you help me to do the best that I can. And I pray that you help this church do the very, very best that they can in being found faithful. In Jesus' name, we pray. Brother Josh. Well, thankful for the...